Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show. On today's show, we're going to talk about surprise cuts and roster spots on this Vikings roster. They're down to the 53 now. Not official, but there was 864 other men out there on the market that they can and still can bring in for their team. David Blau from the Detroit Lions was just cut last minute, so there's still more cuts and more acquisitions to come. We're going to deep dive into who was the most surprising cut and who were we surprised that they kept on this Vikings roster up next on the Ron Johnson show on the field in the broadcast booth. Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One of a kind opinions, big name guests, the teams you care about every, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson show, part of locked on sports, Minnesota. And it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I am your host, Ron Johnson. Looking forward to today's show. Why? Because finally, it's finally starting to feel like real football. Not until next Wednesday, though. Next Wednesday, the official team starts practice, because this week, still a lot of roster moves to happen. But next Wednesday, exactly seven days from now, the official team is going to step out onto that field for their first Wednesday practice because Monday, Tuesday, we know in the NFL is off days. And then Wednesday is that first week of install, the first week of Packer playbook, the first week of Justin Jefferson, one step closer to a gritty at U.S. Bank Stadium in front of the fans. Maybe Kevin O'Connell hits the gritty. You might have taken over under on that because Kevin O'Connell, I'm guessing probably can do it. So Kevin O'Connell might hit the gritty. But before we jump into these roster cuts for the Minnesota Vikings, we have a word. Locked On Sports Minnesota is, pr is a proud partner to CARE 11. Check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our locked on shows, whether it's twins, Vikings, Wolves, or Wild. CARE has you covered. Also, check out Superior Sports Talk Talks Reggie Wilson bringing the sports every night on CARE 11. Locked On Sports Minnesota, endless Vikings talk with local experts. Well, as we jump into this show, I want to bring in my producer, Sam Ekstrom. And we're going to talk a little, uh, let's call it Vikings team, because it's not officially the team just yet. But Sam, there were some cuts made. There were some players that stayed. There were some names that you're like, who? Oh, I guess he made some plays. And this is a what have you done for me lately league. I've said that every single show during the preseason. It's a what have you done for me lately league. When these coaches don't know these players, even though they can watch film, it's a difference when you get around these players. And so now these coaches have been around these guys, but it's also, what have you done for me lately? And there are some guys that have made some plays, and then there are some guys that you're like, wait, what? And so I'm going to jump out there, Sam. The first one, mm -hmm. Armand Watts. Even he was mind blown by him getting, getting cut because he tweeted it because this is the new day and age where players can kind of give you the first reaction before Adam Schefter gets it. And so when Armin Watts was told he was going to be released, he tweeted right away, mind blown emoji. And of course, all the fans right away were like, oh man, I can't believe they cut you. You know, like we wish you well, wish you were here, blah, blah. Like that's a surprising one because he was getting better and better every game. Seems like he was really explosive. T.Y. McGill, I think they were both going back and forth. Uh, T.Y. McGill gets hurt, so gets designated uh, to IR. And Armin Watts, maybe they had already planned on cutting Armin Watts because of T.Y. McGill, but then 
T.Y. McGill gets hurt, and they just tr- make a trade. And, and they trade it for somebody that they think is going to be a better fit for this team. And so with Armin Watts, this is the thing I'll say about the NFL, man. Like, there is never a guy sometimes that you cut and you know exactly what you're doing. There's guys that have been cut, and then we look at other teams, and he goes there and thrives. Uh, there's been guys cut from other teams that end up on other teams, and then they thrive. And everybody's like, why'd they cut this guy? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers cut Tyler Johnson. I think that's one that people are like, wait, what? You know, uh, I think the receiver that they kept is Perriman. Rashad Perriman, I think is how you say his mm-hmm. name, I, I think. Yeah. But, you know, I, I see a lot of tweets of people like, wait, we kept we kept Perriman over Tyler Johnson? So, you know, this is definitely a what have you done for me lately. Like, clearly, whatever Perriman was doing during camp making plays, it just didn't seem as flashy as Tyler. We know he's faster. We know he can stretch the field a little bit, but he's not a better receiver. And sometimes people get enamored with speed. Like we've seen the Raiders' entire like draft the last two years show that. They drafted Henry Ruggs over Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Justin Jefferson. Like, what were you thinking? And it has nothing to do with the fact that he can't play anymore. I, he, it wasn't a good pick when they made it, even if he was fully ready to go this year. Like Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Justin Jefferson. And you take Henry Ruggs. So there's mind-blowing moves in the NFL every year. And the Vikings, even though theirs is not, whoa, they made one. They cut Armin Watts. Um, the cutting of Kellen Mond and Sean Manning, I think they're going to try to bring Sean Manning back on the practice squad as one of those six. Um, but if you look at the moves, waived Armin, Mott, uh, Ar- Armin Watts, traded for Ross Blaylock, or Blacklock, saving $1.2 million, traded Jesse Davis, waived Kellen Mond, Sean Manning, I just said that, kept five running backs. That was very – Ty Chandler clearly earned it. Um, gonna Probably not going to dress every week. Probably going to be a special teams guy when he does. Five receivers, we said that. Uh, I just had BC, but BC got hurt. So now – and I said Jalen Naylor and Tristan Jackson was between the two of them. Uh, they kept three tight ends. I think we figured that out when, uh, that one out. Uh, Surprised at the three they kept, but, hey, that's the three they went with. Ten offensive linemen said that. Chose Troy Dye over Blake Lynch. I, I, I think that one we said we didn't really know. Uh, and kept Luigi Villain. On the 53. Well, he's the guy, for those that don't know, that's one of those names you're like, huh? But he's the guy that had the interception. And so Johnny on the spot. When you're Johnny on the spot, sometimes that catches the coach's eye. Like, hey, look, man, at least this guy's making a play. Like, what is Blake Lynch going to give us that this guy can't? And there was nothing. And so you go with the younger guy. And he's the younger guy in this in this scenario. So I think when you look, I think he's the younger guy. When you look at Luigi Villain, mm-hmm. he made a play. And that's sometimes all it takes when you're the third, fourth, fifth linebacker. You're the practice squad, or not practice, you're the uh, practice guy, and you're the special teams guy. Maybe he gives you more on special teams from an athletic standpoint than Blake Lynch. And I think that's what we're forgetting because we're, we're questioning some of these moves. Some of these moves, those last seven, I said this, that's the special teams coach's guys. Like Ty Chandler, clearly special teams coach guy. He's like, hey, I need this guy on, on teams. Like he's going to be a guy that's going to, 4-3 speed, oh, yeah, he's going to get down there on punt. He's going to get down there on punt for sure. He's going to get down there on kickoff, even though guys don't return kicks anymore, but he will get down there. That guy can run. Uh, he's a guy who can put a kick return when Kanae can't go. Uh, he's explosive. He's a guy that if Kanae is having a hamstring or a quad or a calf, he can come in and run the jet sweep. So, you know, we don't really know what this all. We know they're going to go into a game with three running backs and one fullback. We do know that. Um, five receivers most likely will always dress based off what we've seen from the Rams. 
Uh, there's still talks with OBJ and when he, can he be fully healthy and ready to go? We know Kevin O'Connell's aware and knows him. Uh, OBJ, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, and Justin Jefferson, that's scary. With a Mr. Marset, but that that's OBJ to that three, that's a scary four. And that's happened with the Rams. They added him last year, won the Super Bowl. So maybe Kevin O'Connell's trying to do the same thing. Hey, hey hold off from me. I got you. We're going to go win the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins because he's the most accurate quarterback I've seen when the pocket is clean. But, Sam, what do you think? Like, what do you think about these cuts? Because Armin Watts, for me, I, I get the, like, wow. But also, at the end of the day, I'm like, did he really? Like, was it really, like, that big of a surprise? Like, he didn't do a ton where you really felt like you had to keep him. Um, so, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so this regime clearly prioritized saving money. Is there a move coming down the pipeline, Ron? Is there another big signing to come? And they also prioritized their draft picks over Spielman's draft picks. You look at some yep. of the guys that got cut. Davis, Mond, Surratt, Davidson, Twyman, all the guys from last year. Look at the guys they kept this year's draft picks. They kept Chandler, Vidarian Lowe, Jalen Naylor, Caleb Evans, later round guys from this year. They only waived one of this year's draft picks, Nick Muse. But I want to go back to Watts and the money thing. So I was caught off guard by Watts because I never really mm -hmm. saw them rotate him. He was with the ones all training camp. I didn't feel like they had a great replacement behind him. Um, and I still don't know who ne who's necessarily going to fill that spot. Maybe it's Blacklock or maybe it's someone mm -hmm. else on the roster. Um, but the money, maybe we should have been more on guard about Armin Watts because he's in a contract year and he got paid an extra two and a half million by, um, because of his playing time last year that incentivized his contract this year. So he was making more money. So that, that became a target, I think, on his back, that salary. Um, and they save money with the Jordan Berry cut. They save money with the Jesse Davis trade. They're saving money, Ron. What's coming? Is there something coming down the pipeline now that they've got an extra $4 million to play with? Dominican Sue, maybe? Is it a receiver? What's coming down the pipeline for the Vikings? That's the question I'm wondering today after they made some moves to get rid of some veterans that uh, freed up a little bit of cash for Rob Brzezinski. When you look at um, Blacklock, 6'3", almost 300 pounds, uh, but he's a D-end. Like, he's through 290. So he's a true big solid D-end, but a true D-end. So this is the thing to remember in this 3-4 scheme because that's the one thing you notice when even people are talking about this roster. Like, oh, they only kept six D linemen. Well, yeah, because defense ends are no longer considered D linemen. He actually is coming in as a D lineman, but he's a defensive end. He's like a, a, a bigger, shorter Julius Peppers when you talk about body type. Uh, at 290 pounds, he's a power end, meaning he's a five technique. He's not going to be a wide nine, a wide seven, a guy that can really just, you know, angle in and go after the quarterback. He's more of a take on the tackle, take on the guards, double team guy uh, from an end spot. But in this 3-4 scheme, um, he's outside and you got your nose tackle. And so when you think about adding that, that's that's adding maybe a more powerful body over Armin Watts that you've seen on film. Uh, they've seen what they liked out of him the last two years. The funniest, though, man, is they had him on, I don't know if he's mic'd up or something, but it was 85-degree humidity, which means it's super hot. 85% or sorry, eighty-five humidity in Texas, so it was, I don't know, 100 and some degrees. And he got called on video saying, like, woo, it's hot or something. And then he tweeted when somebody tweeted that video out, uh, winter me. 
like basically like get me to the winter. I can't wait for Texas's winter to come because at least it goes down to 90 and 80. And literally now he got wintered like for sure. Winter is coming, my man. Like when it comes, it will it might be here next month. Like October is winter here. So October in Texas is still 90s. October here might be 50 or 30. Like you never know in October in Minnesota. I've I've seen the 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 Halloween snowstorm. Um, I've also seen a Halloween great night. So you just never know in Minnesota. But he's oh, he's about to get wintered. Winter me? Oh, you got winter, bro. But I, I love the fact that, you know, this this regime is not afraid to just not stick with the norm. Like this, this has been the past. It's always been, well, let's not really blow it up. And they didn't blow it up, but they did get rid of rid of a lot of pieces that were here. And so it does feel like a change in the building. You kept the core pieces that are gonna win you games, and then you changed up the extra pieces. Um, and and I think that's necessary though. You have to kind of you have to figure out what guys fit your system. You have to figure out what guys fit your culture, what you're trying to get out of this group. Um, and, 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 a, and a block lock guy at 290, like that's what they're looking for. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, and in DN, you know, again, these trades and things like this that happen, they don't always work out. Like you're just going off a of film you saw from the preseason in the last two years, but clearly they had their eye on him. Uh, they feel like he's a better piece in that draft class than what the 2020 draft class of the Vikings, 2020-2021. Um, when you think about 2021 for sure, Christian Derrissaw, really the bright light, but everybody else pretty much gone. Um, you do get the Cam Bynum out of that one as well. So there are some pieces in there. But I, I get the move. I, I get why they're doing this. I, I, I think there are more moves down the road, though. Uh, when you look at a Sezi Atamewu uh, out, out of the Gophers, um, undersized, but definitely powerful, can get bigger and stronger, you know, eating, lifting weights. Uh, as I call it, getting that grown man strength, you know, when every day is your job, you don't have the stress of class anymore. It's literally practice, home, watch film, relax. Practice, home, watch film, relax. It's your job now. You don't have the stress of, do I have a 10-page paper to turn in tomorrow? Do I have a test? So a guy like that uh, might get cut, but then try to stash on practice squad. Uh, so there's going to be some moves. Uh, I think a lot of those moves will come late and they come like either at the end of this week or next week when most teams have already kind of filled their roster out. So you're not worried about cutting a guy that, that would get picked up. And uh, that's what happens when rookies, you know, that might get picked up. You kind of hold them. Uh, I can see Ty Chandler being a part of that, getting cut and then stashed uh, because everybody else has filled their roster out of running backs they need. Uh, the Alexander Madison trade still could happen. People have talked about that. Uh, with, with the Eagles and some other teams that need a running back. So uh, there were some other top running backs that got released. The Texans released one of their top ones and kept a, a younger guy. So, yeah, I mean, this 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 offseason, or sorry, this preseason uh, has been anything but predictable. This is the thing about the trades and about the, uh, the rest of this roster. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. Where do we really put this trade? Where do we put some of these acquisitions? Uh, did the Vikings do themselves a disservice by really feeling like they need to get rid of a lot of Rick's guys? Or is this the right move for the Vikings? Before we jump into that, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Sports Minnesota for endless Vikings talk during the football season. It's free and available on the LockedOnPodcast.com backslash Minnesota or wherever you get your podcast, Please leave a five-star rating and review. Tell your friends about all the shows on Locked On Sports Minnesota and let them know. Every day we're going to drop a nugget, whether it's football, 
college or pro, this is the place you want to get it. And now a word from our sponsors. Yep, it's Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Time to start thinking about week one lines. I just checked at betonline.net. The Packers are favored by one in the opener, and the over-under is 48. So BetOnline's thinking about a 24-23 game. They got the Packers winning, but that line is moving down in the Vikings' favor. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, and plenty more. BetOnline is simply your top online resource for all sports wagering information. They've got live in-game betting resources there, scores, and podcasts. They've just got you covered. Head there today on your computer or mobile device. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, Sam, so as we jump into this next topic, when you think about the trades, um, this is where I'm going to – and it's tough to give grades. I mean, this is like the first day of school, and you take a pop quiz, and then all of a sudden you look at your grade. It's like, does it really matter? Like, I didn't study all (laughs) summer. Um, I have no idea. So – as far as grades, the grade the trades. The grade the trade segment, here I'll go. Acquiring Ross Blaylock, Black, uh, Blacklock, sorry. I'm going to actually give that a B plus, and this is why. I, I look at his size. He's a, he's a guy, he's a, he has experience, you know, 2020 and 2021 seasons. Um, he's a big body DN, so he fits what you're looking for. He fits the 3-4, so I got to give it a B plus. The trading away Jesse Davis the freeing up the cap space. And so that's the only thing I look at. We talked about that. The freeing up the cap space. What does that do for them? Does that give them the ability to go get an Indomitian Sioux eventually? You know, if they free up enough space, can they talk him into, because he's a Ram, he was a Ram. Kevin O'Connell has, you know, that, or is it freeing up money for maybe an Odell Beckham move later? Uh, and they're just going to have free money. So that when he ready to when he's ready to sign, it's not like a, uh, man, so-and-so is offering me, you know, 5 million. You guys only have two. Um, so that's one of those things where, you know, I think he's freeing up money. So early on, I say the Jesse Davis trade to me looks like a C plus only because Ed Ingram, he is a rookie. You never really know him and Jesse Davis were neck and neck. So it might not be bad to have a vet as a swing guard to, to, if, if Ezra Cleveland gets hurt or, or Ed Ingram gets hurt, having a true swing guy that can really play in that position if needed, but he was getting pushed back in practice. So I get it, but you never know. Now, if the season goes on, Ed, Ed Ingram's great. Ezra Cleveland's great. No issues. Um, and they do end up signing a guy using that money, then I'm gonna, I can easily boost that up to an A because that's a gutsy move to cut a guy or trade a guy away knowing that you don't really know what you have in your rookie, but you've seen enough in that 80. I think that 80 play practice uh, ones versus ones with the 49ers, there's a, there was a lot of sneaky intel that happened there that we all really didn't get a chance to see because we weren't staring at some of the drills, some of the live plays. Because even full team, you're watching the receivers and running backs because you're watching where the ball goes. You're watching the action. Only time we see deep offensive linemen is, one, if they're doing something ridiculous, uh, like, like pushing a guy down the field 10 yards, or they're getting ran over. So that's why I'm going to give those two trades. I'm going to give it – and then some of the cuts. The Armin Watts cut right now, I got to give it a C because I just don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm going to give it a B plus and a C on those trades. What about you, Sam? All right. So Blacklock in conjunction with cutting Watts, I think it's a C minus because I think you downgrade from, from Watts to Blacklock, not knowing what the team is going to do. If they go bring in Dominican Sue, that changes the complexion as it is at this moment. 
I mean, the, the Texans are giving up on a second-round pick after two years. So clearly there's something wrong here. There's something that they don't like about the player. They were willing to cut ties. He was pretty disappointing in Houston. Um, he was pretty poor as a rookie and then had a, a, a bit of an improvement last year, but still not great. Only two sacks in about 500 snaps. He was a rotational player, was not a full-time player. And now he has to learn a new scheme, Ron. He's got less than two weeks to learn the 3-4 after coming from a 4-3. So I don't know if that's going to be easy for him. I don't know if he can start or not. I don't know if he's going to be a fit. So they got to find someone to play that position, and I'm not sure Blacklock can actually slot in and do what Watts was going to do. So I'm not a big fan of that exchange. So I'm going to say C-minus on that. Jesse Davis, I'm, I think it's a B. Um, you're not getting really anything in return, a 2025 conditional seventh. Eh, who cares? But you save money. And you've got plenty of depth on the interior, I think, with Chris Reed, Austin Schlotman, Ed Ingram earned that job. And I'm okay saving money at, at any point if you're going to use it, you know, in, in a way that helps your team. Now, if they're just going to sit on that cash and invest it and try to make 10% in, in the offseason for the Wilfs, yeah, I don't care about that. But if they're going to use that money and bring in help, I'm all for it. So I like the Davis trade. I don't like the Blacklock trade, and uh, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, we'll see because, I mean, like I said, September 11th, we'll all be in the stadium at U.S. Bank. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to do Vikings game day live for real now. Uh, now I get to really like my notebook. This is my favorite time of year because what mm -hmm. you're going to get look at, get a chance to see fans is like I'm going to come stat loaded. Like I love to break down the stats during the show. I'm going to talk a ton of stats before uh, like during that week, like my notebook, I went to Target, I always go get me a, a, a nice, fresh notebook. Actually, no, I didn't because Target was out. I actually went to Office Max, uh, my new go-to place now. I, I, I don't know why I didn't realize Office Max had all the stuff I need, uh, but just because I was so used to as an athlete, it just showed up. Like, you need a notebook, Ron? Here you go. You need a binder for your playbook? Here you go. Oh, you need markers and pens and highlighters? Here you go. Now I had to go buy my own highlighters, my own pens, my own notebook, but Office Max is like, I don't know. It was like a, I felt like it was a target for businessmen. Uh, I'm excited about my book, my notebook I got. Uh, and I'm going to have the notes every week now because I'll be able to take my notes during the game for the post-game fan line. And then I'm going to bring them to the show as well on Monday when we break it all down. Uh, but I'm excited because then, Sam, if, if Blacklock comes out there and he has two and a half sacks and a forced fumble or one sack and a forced fumble, you're going to have to go back on that grade. But we'll see. Or... He might suck, and they're going to trade him, and then I got to give it an F. But, hey, we will see what happens. Uh, we're not going to do a pie in the face or anything crazy like that, but we, we definitely will talk about it once it comes to fruition. If Kirk Cousins throws for 5,000 yards, I can't wait. I cannot wait because Sam's going to have to wear a tinfoil hat or something. Like, we got to do something for I, that If one. you want to pie me, if Kirk Cousins throws for 5,000 yards, I will accept a pie in the face. You can put I think an egg Luke on Ron, my head, a pie think, in my face. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to have, like, I, I'm pretty sure Luke Inman or one of those guys would love to put, like, they've been waiting to pie you in the face, or like Arif Hassan. Um, I think one of those I guys know you the heck out of them the twice a week, so yeah, I believe that. <laughs> so they would definitely want to pie you in the face. Might have to do it for the, uh, like, the live shows when all four of you guys are together or something like that. Add those bets in for the season where, you know, the guy gets pied in the face. Uh, but before we jump into the daily three, I'm excited about the daily three. Why? Because it's more Vikings talk. We're going to jump in. It's three minutes, three questions, three minutes each. We're going to deep dive this, this a little bit more 
uh, because, I mean, this is what we've all been waiting for, the 53. And honestly, Sam, I, I think it looks good because what we said kind of was pretty much the roster. Like, it's pretty much the roster that we put together. Like I said, if they keep Ty Chandler and CJ Ham, they can only keep five receivers. I said that. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, BC Johnson was our guy. He was in there until he got hurt. Jalen Naylor. So I think we kind of nailed some of those. Zach Davidson, I think, was the one. That was the other one we didn't talk about much. We can talk about that coming up next. Uh, but Zach Davidson, that was the one that we were like, oh, I thought he I thought he was going to be a guy. But before we jump into the Daily Three, do you want instant post-game reaction from the insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota's podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Follow every Twins, Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game. Our Locked On Team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders. Catch Luke Braun and Sam Ekstrom every week on, uh, or, or sorry, after every Vikings game. And Brandon Warren after and, uh, and Nash Walker recapping every Twins game. And the Twins games are getting crazy. They're one and a half games back. I mean, what the heck? They were just four and a half games down, and they beat the Red Sox twice. Like, who would have ever thought that? And the Red Sox suck right now, by the way. Um, never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports minnesota's youtube channel and now it's time for the daily three take it away sam kind of sounds like you've got some big twins takes maybe we just want to scrap vikings talk and talk twins the whole time <laughs> no uh we'll, we'll get back to twins if they keep winning they'll they have to earn it though they have to earn the segment um we'll uh we'll talk more vikings roster i want your opinion ron what is the deepest position on the vikings roster now that the roster is set so we'll spend three minutes talking about the depth and then we'll spend three mm -hmm. minutes talking about the weakest positions. But we'll start with the strength. What do you think is the number one strength? Well, the deepest positions on the roster now that the roster is set. Hmm. I got to go. I mean, this is an easy one. I know. But I got to go receiver. Like, you got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Amir Smith-Marset, and even Jalen Naylor. But those four. I think no matter what happens, like, Amir Smith-Marset is ready I feel like he's going to be the Van Jefferson of the Rams. Like, he's going to give you some deep posts every now and again. He's going to take the top off because everybody's going to jump Justin Jefferson if they run, like, an over route and a post. Or some people call it a, a dagger. So it's just you run literally from one side of the field all the way across the other. Um, if Justin Jefferson has the over and he has the dagger, like, I could see him with his speed running away from a guy and Kirk Cousins just throwing the ball into the atmosphere. Um, like Uncle Rico, you know, he could throw that ball over a mountain if he wanted to. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the receiving room is the deepest. The other one too, though, it is the running back room. You think about the number of Dalvin Cook and getting that number. I mean, he's going to be good. He's going to be really good. And then when you think about, uh, what's his name? Uh, Madison, like whether they trade him or not, I don't know if they will. I think he's going to run with purpose because he knows like, look, if I'm on the trading block, that probably means they're not going to re-sign me. I mean, unless a Dalvin Cook is done for his career or something gets hurt, they're probably not going to re-sign me. So now he knows I'm running for a new, like, contract. Uh, whether they decide to franchise him next year because running back salaries as an average is low. Um, but I rarely see you get franchised as a backup running back, so I don't see that happening. But maybe because it's a one-two punch type situation. Um, but yeah, like he knows he's going to, so he's going to be great as well. So I think that's going to be the key. Justin Jefferson, or sorry, the receiving room is deep and the running back room is deep in my opinion. I think you nailed it. I mean, I, I think it's fairly evident. That those are the top two question is, which is number one. I'd probably go running back. I, I just think that 
you've got Madison clearly number two. And not only do you have a three in Ken A, but you've got a four now in Chandler, and your fullback is really good. Like, all five of those guys I would trust um, to, to do the job really well. I mean, particularly as runners. Like, I don't know about the pass-blocking capabilities of, of Ken A and, and Chandler necessarily, but all five of those guys, or at least the, the, the top four, can go out there and they can run the football. Mm-hmm. C.J. Ham is going to block for them. Uh, they just all do that job really, really well. So I, I'm going to go with running back number one, wide receiver number two. Fitting to the weakest positions on the roster, Ron. Um, I don't know if there are, are glaring weaknesses on this team, but maybe some positions that are more top-heavy than others. What do you? What positions concern you at this point now that you see the 53? Yeah, honestly, um, I'm going to say kicker punt. No. <laughs> it's only one kicker punter. Do so it doesn't matter. Don't do that. <laughs> what? You don't want to go kicker punter conversation? You we don't want to after they the made a fifty-eight yard field goal on Saturday. We gotta gotta have no. Faith. No, I won't go. It's just funny that when I was counting the players again, I did exactly what we did last time. We did this roster thing of River. Like I did all the players. I totally forgot about <laughs> yes. the specialists. I was looking at it as I'm doing the roster again, and I'm like, oh, that's exactly why my numbers, our numbers were dead on. We just forgot about the punters, kickers. But no, I'm going to say tight end. I, I think tight end for me, it seems a little bit, like I, I just don't feel like like Irv Smith, and again, he's been hurt, so we don't even know what Irv's going to be. Like, is he going to be ready for week one? Is he the guy they think he can be in this offense? Is he, I mean, because honestly, they just need him to be Tyler Higby. Like Tyler Higby came out of nowhere and became this threat for the Rams. Uh, which is why they got rid of guys that you're like, oh, okay, they cut this guy. Because Tyler Higby became, I mean, he became a fantasy football number. Like people were like, oh, this Higby guy is giving you five, six catches in a game. So can can he give you Higby type of production? He's not as big as him. Um, but the Ben Ellison and some, you know, it, it just, it, it seems like there's a guy, like OJ Howard, you know, Dolphins fans are saying, or but Bills fans are saying, oh, he can't block. He can't. I don't know if we need a true blocking tight end if we have a fullback like that and maybe one blocking tight end. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing an O.J. Howard. I don't know if he's going to clear waivers and make it to the Vikings, but I wouldn't mind seeing an O.J. Howard uh, next to uh, – because that's two Bama boys, if I'm not mistaken. And so you put two guys that know each other at tight end and you go too tight with that plus then Justin Jefferson Adam Thielen. That's a scary four receivers on the field when you look at who those tight ends are, what they give you, what O.J. Howard can give you in the red zone. I always thought O.J. Howard, I mean, because with the Bucks and then with the Bills, it just didn't work out. But I feel like, you know, certain players just don't fit in certain schemes. He might fit in this scheme. But, again, that's just a name, and sometimes names are not as good as their talent, and so you can't get caught up in that. But I, I do like I, – I would like a, a solid – uh, tight. I know the Rams released a guy that people were like people me was saying that you know Kevin O'Connell might want to pick him up because that's his guy. Uh, so we could still see that. But yeah, no, the the Zach Davidson let go a six seven. It's like man, I feel like they need a guy that can be po- a possible red zone Travis Kelsey type guy. Um, so I, I do feel tight end maybe that's the one for me. Yeah, I think tight end probably is the correct answer. But how about this one, Ron? So if we're thinking of Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter as outside linebackers and not thinking mm-hmm. of them as defensive linemen, their mm-hmm. defensive line is a little bit shallow. You know, they've got Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Phillips. Neither of those guys are really going to rush the passer too much. And then, and mm-hmm. then after that, Jonathan Bullard, Ross Blacklock, James Lynch, and Asezi Otamiwo, there's not a lot of proven talent there behind Tomlinson and Phillips, and they're probably more run stuffers 
So I'm not sure like how much pass rush they're going to get from that three-man front inside of their edge guys. So that that position, sneaky, I think, is maybe a little bit void of, of some talent, but they've mm-hmm. also got some prospects there that they might be able to surprise us. But I, that'd be a, a mild concern for me. Well, the thing about the 3-4, we'll see this in week one. Uh, those middle three become two really fast because they move either Daniil or, or I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Daniil. Uh, they're going to move him down. Uh, they talked about moving Zadarius down too to rush from the three and the five. So um, what you're going to see is those three only are going to be in like run type of downs, and then they're going to come out fast once it becomes like second and long or third and long or third and seven even. So uh, I think those six. Uh, technically, I think they have what they need because you have your three starters, your three backups, and then mainly it's going to be a two front. Those are two gappers in that. Uh, that's why a lot of linebackers weren't like Ray Lewis hated when the Ravens switched to a 3-4 because you're now a two gapper. So the guards are uncovered, which they can get to the linebackers faster. Um, and so the middle linebackers don't like it as much because when they have four down linemen, the guards are covered. And now the only guy that can get to them is the mm-hmm. center. So it changes it up a little bit. But I, I, I think they'll be okay there with this scheme because that's what everybody keeps saying when you see the articles written, which it's coming from the coaches. Uh, keep in mind, this is a 3-4, not a 4-3. So that's what they keep saying. So I'm going to go with that. What's, what you got next? Okay, last one. Jimmy Garoppolo is staying in San Francisco after months of speculation, trade talks. Everybody thought it was a done deal. They never got it done. He's sticking around with a revised incentive-laden contract, base salary $6.5 million, and he's going to be a 49er for one more year as a highly compensated backup to Trey Lance. Ron, your reaction? Well, there's a thing. There's no reason to trade if you don't know what you have. They have something that a lot of teams don't have, which is true, true, two true quarterbacks that could start for you. And so there's not a lot of, not a lot of teams. There's none. I mean, let's be honest. There's not really a team out there that has that. I mean, I guess Nick Mullins could be a starter. He started in this league. But they have true two true starters that could be a starter for any team, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at one point was the next heir apparent to uh, Tom Brady. And, you know, all of a sudden had a little bit of a down year and everybody's down on them. Uh, and then they draft Trey Lance and everybody's really down on them. So when you think about that, uh, the purpose of it, one, it fits both teams. One, if something happens to Trey Lance, they still have a chance to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G because he's gotten them there before. Uh, if Trey Lance is not as good as they thought, and it just doesn't work out because let's be real. Top five quarterback picks have been bust before. Baker Mayfield didn't do as well as we thought. Uh, what's his name? Manziel. You know, there's been some guys, Jamarcus Russell. There's been guys that, you know, they got their shot and they just weren't what we thought they would be. Um, everybody's not a Pat Mahomes and Andrew Luck, you know. Um, so there's that. You know, he Trey Lance does mobile. So if he puts himself in a situation where he gets hurt, gets hit, you have, you have Jimmy G. Uh, the contract bonuses don't hit their salary cap for like two years, depending on how it's structured and how it's paid out. Because uh, that's what we don't see. The bonuses, like sometimes players get a bonus. And they're not paid, even though it's guaranteed money and the owners have to. And that's why guys go to arbitration sometimes. Because, like, look, you owe me this money. You got to pay me. Because, like, what we have to see is the language. Because it says he wins the whatever NFC chip. So does that mean, like, he has to be the quarterback or play up down to get that money? And that's some of the stuff we're not seeing as well. Like, the language, these are lawyers now. The language is very key. Um, So we're not going to see the entire language until uh, Adam Schefter somehow gets it on his desk. 
and he tweets it out and tells us exactly what Jimmy G and exactly with the verbiage, just like the whole uh, study your playbook clause that Kyler Murray had, and then it got taken out. Uh, these lawyers for these teams aren't slick, so be very careful of that winning an NFC championship. If that's Trey Lance that wins it, it might not be Jimmy G's money. It might mean, like, you get this if you come in and start and you win us an NFC championship. So we'll see what that looks like. But, yeah, that happens. A lot of times that's paid out in the following season, meaning it's a signing bonus for the next year or a bonus for the next year, which then hits their cap another year. So they can they can defer it kind of like they did Adam Thielen's contract uh, where it defers, like, two years down the road. Um, and you're just basically prolonging trying to win a Super Bowl, and then and then you get hit, and then you got to cut guys and get rid of guys you didn't want to get rid of, but you won your Super Bowl, and you're like, all right, we did it. We loaded up. We got it, and now let's let's try to start over again. So, um, you know, everybody's not lucky like Belichick to have a quarterback that's willing to take less money to keep winning championships. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's what I think about that move. What do you think? Isn't this – kind of a bad deal for San Francisco long-term that they didn't find a trade partner. Like, what wouldn't they have hoped to get a lot for this guy? And now, if, if he's going to play out the year and become a free agent, they lose him for nothing? Like, is that is that the way that it's going to go where they, they really don't get anything for Jimmy G? I, I just feel like that's a missed opportunity as an organization. And maybe maybe nobody was a taker. Maybe nobody could meet their trade demands. But that's a pretty big asset to just hang on to and potentially let walk that that's where my mind goes. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's, that is a, that is a huge like whiff, but at the same time, you look at all the 32 teams out there. Um, I think everybody is pretty set, you know, they think they are at least. Um, and so nobody wanted to pull the trigger. I was surprised in the Seahawks. I thought the Seahawks would be the team to go get them, but I guess whatever they wanted versus what they were willing to give up. And they thought Gino can get it done for now. And they know, and they also know like, look, let's play Russian roulette with this guy. Um, it's, it, you know, let's play a game of chicken. Who's going to, who's going to turn first and neither flinched. And so they're like, look, we just wait now. 20 let's, let's, let's eat this season in 2023. DK calm down. We just signed you. We're going to go get you Jimmy G. Cause he'll be a free agent. And the 49 and then the four, you know, and the San Francisco, the Seahawks have a lot to offer. Cause they're like, look, we get to play those guys. So <laughs> come on, come on over here. We get to play the 49ers. So come on over here. Let's go beat your boy, Trey Lance. Let's show your coach you're good. Uh, Pete Carroll turned Russell Wilson into a great quarterback. Uh, he's old, but he still has that youthful, like, coaching in him. Uh, I think he still can get it done, unless he decides to retire. But then there's a lot of hot candidates out there, like Eric Bieniemy. There's a lot of guys in that area uh, as well. Like, he's from Colorado. So there's a lot of guys and coaches on that list that possibly could be the next coach to be there. Um, you know, I, I, I do like the move though. I, I think, you know what, better for both teams. You didn't, you didn't trade for nothing you don't want. Now the Seahawks can go get Jimmy G in the off season if they really want him. Uh, but that'd do it for the Ron Johnson show today. I want to thank Sam Ekstrom, Matt DeBritz back there on the keys. I want to thank all the sponsors that continue to support us. Uh, this is Locked On Sports, Minnesota's podcast network. Please continue to download, subscribe, share, like, and comment. Let us know what do you think? What was the most surprising cut? Who's the deepest uh, position room on this team? And do they need to do more with this roster? Or is this 53 pretty much set? Thank you and have a great day.